Myself. What should we call the podcast? I don't know. Your podcast. Yeah, I guess we'll call it for now. Perspectives YYC presents. My name is David Yan. I'm a photographer and a visual artist here in Calgary. I thought I would put together a podcast here to uh, have conversations with the interesting people that I've been meeting in my venture. I thought I'd start off by a quick word about a sponsor, which is Media Lab YYC. Kyle here is awesome. I met Kyle after we released our first magazine. He reached out to me. Um, and what was really cool is, uh, other than us vibing, is that it turns out that he has this place called Media Lab YYC where he has created a, a community space for people to try to create, build digital media, which is uh, pretty fucking cool. Um, and after our second conversation, he actually wanted to produce at least this first episode of this proposed podcast. So thank you so much, man. Uh, it's huge that we're even in here. The podcast is going to start off with uh, my friend here, Alvin. My wife uh, and I joke that he's my uh, boyfriend, my uh, photography bromance. Same with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um. I thought maybe just to twist it up, I would ask you, maybe Alvin, to talk about perhaps how we met and uh, figure out where we're standing right now and why we're here today. You were setting up a show for Exposure Photo Fest. Uh, you reached out to some other photographers, um, Elise, Caitlin, Bill, Curtis. Uh, then I, I think Elise suggested me to join in. Yep. Yeah, I met up with you at Film Sebastian and Mission, and we're kind of just like, hey, let's shoot together. Shot every day at lunch for a very long time now. Less Maybe than like, a year, but less than a year, but yeah. still feels like a long time. Yeah, in a good way, mostly. <laughs> um, just a quick shout out. You know, Elise is Elise Bouvier, Curtis, Curtis Des, Caitlin Meerman. Uh, I'll think David. about whether I should uh, fill up David. We created a group called the YYC Six. Um, which is, I still think is an awesome name. I think I didn't get agreement with the group that that was the coolest name, but uh, we went with that. Um, actually, Alvin, uh, I don't know if we, I was thinking about this. I think I technically ran into you earlier that year at the Resolve show um, in the Oh, February. yeah, yeah. For, yeah. Uh, they, had a, they had an artist talk with uh, Chris Malloy, George Weber, and uh, Greg Gerla. I didn't know your name, though. No, no. I just I was... like, recognized your face. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were two Asian dudes in a, in a thing, but I think um, I was pretty shy-ish. Shy I'm a, obviously not a shy person by nature, but um, that was when I was starting my journey in this so-called midlife crisis, uh, and I had just met um, Costas. Costas, the, anyways, the guy that owns, runs Resolve Photo, the fine art printing in Calgary, and that's a, a dope shot. He's, a, he's an amazing human Costas being. Costas is great. And I remember walking in and kind of hugging the back and seeing, yeah, like a hip Asian dude. Uh, I didn't talk to you, obviously. Uh, and then George Weber. Oh, my God. Like, uh, after that, I, you know, I didn't know anybody. I didn't even know that George Weber was famous. Costas introduced me. He spent 15 minutes talking about um, how I might approach my craft, change my game, actually. Uh, we still talk about Alvin and I um, 
this idea of having rolls of film for two years in a box before he'll develop them. I mean, mm-hmm. that, kind of, that kind of changed the way I was looking at digital photography for me. Alvin here is a photographer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say street photographer. More like opportunist. If you haven't picked up the magazine, Alvin actually also is the inaugural, he's the inaugural guest of this podcast, but he also has the first article. Uh, he actually submitted the first thing. He wrote an article about uh, Gary Winogrand mm-hmm. and the approach of, which is why I don't want to say street photography per se, but I thought maybe we could talk about your relationship with the craft of photography in general, because you are uh, an enormous nerd about it. So I thought maybe I'd leave that open to you to start uh, maybe explaining how you came into it, why you are so obsessed with it, and um, what your specific approach has been. Hmm. Well, I was born in 1991. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, sure. I'm just joking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, my, I guess it all started with uh, my dad taking family pictures and i i was always curious about that uh, i remember when i was like five six seven just flipping through the family album and looking at pictures and i don't know i don't know why but it was just, they were just interesting to look at um skip ahead like 10 years um when i was 14 i got my first uh digital camera it was a little sony point and shoot and uh you know, I was just taking some casual pictures, mostly selfies for like online um, <laughs> pages. Like, I don't know if anyone remembers, but Calgary Planet, Apartment 107 or some shit like that. But mostly friends, friends and family and uh, general experiences, what I thought was interesting. I never really looked at it as like an art form, but just like as a tool to, you know, not capture memories but keep track of uh what i saw yeah and then my dad got his first uh digital slr like an olympus e500 or something like that then basically i stole it from him not like literally but i like used it more than he did and uh i started getting interested in like thinking i don't know how it could be used as like making interesting pictures or uh, art, let's say. And then from there, I kind of fell off photography from when I was going to say like 17 years old till just a couple years ago, maybe. I picked it up in uh, 2013 when I became a dad. I wanted to take pictures of my kids, uh, pictures of them growing up, and then it kind of just I don't know, it kind of just snowballed into something else. Um, I guess I wanted to do like landscape photography at first, but I never go out into like forests or, <laughs> you know, the Al- the Albertan landscape. You gotta work for it, I know. Yeah, like I wasn't really ready or willing to do that. And then, so the, I guess the closest thing was like urban or architectural photography, but, you know, Sometimes taking pictures of buildings or landscapes can get pretty boring and there's like everyone has the same photo of the Calgary landscape, I guess. So yeah. skyline. Yeah, skyline or like like uh you know, the bow, no. Calgary Tower, you know. A river leading into a, a mountainscape with Yeah, and like not it. not to no, I'm just being a dick, not to so. hate on them, but no. like 
like I'll just be contributing to like the same thing really and I didn't want to do that so I guess I picked up what's called street photography where basically I'm taking pictures of people uh candid life in public spaces essentially what's interesting to me I think stands out to is even when you're young you have this at least memory of wanting to make interesting pictures one of the things I've noticed with you um, shooting with you that's a little bit different, ne- definitely different than me. I am uh, a fundamentally random and insane person. So when I shoot, I just click a shutter and uh, hope for the best. But you have compositional and visual pattern, color, all these crazy thoughts running through your crazy head. It's interesting to me that even at, I'm presuming like 17 or whatever before you quit, that you have a memory of wanting an interesting picture. Do you know, was that something specific? Was it art-driven? Were you in school for that? I mean, I know the other thing that I learned about you, which is really fucking cool, is that you're a a b-boy, or or like you say you were, but uh, I saw you uh, throw down at that cipher recently. And I think like, I have no idea when you started that or if there's any parallel that way, but this idea of artistic creativity and an approach to photography that's outside of just, you know, kind of wanting to copy pictures. Yeah, do you think that there's something there? Um, well, I guess like as far as art or art processes go, um, I was actually like really into drawing. I was a wee lad, three years old, let's say. My mom actually kept uh this like sketch of Batman and Robin that nice. I drew when I was like four years old. And were you Robin? Good. <laughs> I know you have an older brother, but were you Robin or were you Batman? Huh? I was Batman. Oh nice. I had to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I drew a lot. Like I was known in school as like the class artist or whatever. Mm. You know, it's like sketching whenever I was bored or not paying attention in class. As far as the b boy stuff goes, I started that when I was fourteen or thirteen, actually. Um, it's like a Filipino puberty, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a rite of passage for being Filipino. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> b boying and basketball. Did but you, like, I did not do basketball. I was gonna say, yeah. did you see that uh, video I posted on Facebook? There's like a a video on Reddit that was like the Filipino traditional. I can't remember what it was called. The some type of dance where they jump over sticks and. Oh shit. yeah, yeah, tinkling uh, or. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I'm I, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But yeah, I don't know how you're all my Filipinos out there. Whenever I say Tagalog, all the Filipino people get angry. Tagalog. Yes, yeah, my bad. My bad. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it just made me realize like dancing and having fun is such a part of filipino culture in general that part i know but yeah Mm b-boy and basketball and yeah it's weird the thing it has like you just have to for some reason (laughs) um or singing sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but i just no no, it's all good had to um yeah continuing on uh from the b-boying stuff it's it's funny you kind of get like a this weird uh how do i say this um you kind of like get out of yourself when you're breaking and then hmm. um, you'll you'll think of like concepts, like as far as the dance goes. Sometimes that translates into like real life or whatever kind of art you practice. I kind of just took that, took those philosophies, and applied it to how I take pictures. I guess. Yeah. Um, there's like like when you saw that cipher that one time in May. Uh, there's like lots of energy, right? Yeah. And then for me, I'm I'm drawn to that kind of energy, something similar. So I try I try to translate that sort of en- energy into 
pictures, especially like with that breaking project I've been doing. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, how do you take these dynamic movements and like make it as interesting in a picture, you know, as dynamic? That's hard. That's the fun part, though. Just trying to trying to solve those that sort of photographic problem, I suppose. Yeah, let's expound on that. I mean, you know, the photographic problem. I mean, that's a multi faceted phrase mm -hmm. but uh, to me especially in this sort of digital post iphone era you know the idea that for example i mean photographers always struggle to establish itself as a fine art it's always struggled to um yeah i mean not to be taken seriously in a commercial sense but definitely for us like when we do gallery shows or talk to people that you know come to look at what we're doing um i find a lot of photographers become so defensive because at the end of the day they can't explain as well as you have particularly in the article that you created for us um that the photographic problem i think if i if i am uh, understanding where you're at is that at the end of the day no matter what our intent is whatever our process whatever our experience of taking the image the only thing that that matters at the end of the day is what a viewer might see in the four frames uh in the four edges sorry um in that moment they perceive it mm -hmm. um so to build context and and meaning and that sense of energy is actually quite difficult. Um, but yeah, there, totally. Um, like your job as a photographer is to, well, essentially operate the camera, but more so to describe what you saw. I think as far as like that defense um point you you made, uh, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but there are some photographers who who can rely on like artist statements or you know, like an overview of their project or picture, which obviously they need to inject some sort of context into it, whether it be word or, well, it has to be word. But when you're actually looking at the picture without that sort of context, it's different. And I, I, I find that kind of a crutch. Say, say in photo books, whenever I'm reading a photo book, I'm not really reading the words in it, like the, the foreword or the afterword. I'm just looking at the pictures. That's what I want to see. I don't care about anything else aside from the pictures. Pictures aren't good. They don't hold up on their own. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. It, it's interesting. I I mean, the point suddenly in my mind is uh, to... I, I, you can tell I was an older brother, and we've uh, talked about uh, this you know, influence of the Korean culture, but I, I am a bully and an asshole. But I uh, want to say that you're a huge nerd, man. Like, you mm -hmm. buy books, you research this shit, you study all the gear you have a hundred cameras um we'll get into hopefully a little <laughs> bit of the fact that you're a film guy you do darkroom development in your own house you know all of that stuff and yet the reason why i think i like you so much alvin is that that's typically not what we end up talking about when we go shooting when oh. we go shoot we just shoot yeah um and i think that uh, there's something interesting going on there where at least for you all of the background intentionality and obsession uh, at the end like you're talking about with the dancing seems to boil down into this um i don't know if you agree like uh intuitive process or i mean how much do would you say you rely on the intent of creating said picture and then seeing it like become art knowing that it's going to be important all that kind of shit mm, as far as intent goes i'm not i don't intend to you know create a certain picture I don't have pictures in my head. I'm I'm looking at what's interesting, and then I kind of just follow my gut and take that picture. 
after that, it's just a matter of looking at it, looking at the picture itself, and kind of using the left side of your brain to analyze it, see if it's rational, I guess. If it isn't, then you gotta kill that baby, you know, because otherwise it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work. My only intention is to to take pictures of what's interesting. Hopefully, it comes out interesting. But all I know at the time of taking that photograph is that whatever I see is interesting. You know, for for some reason, it's a it's a psych psychological thing, I guess, that I can't pick at. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I, you know, uh, I don't know if this contrast, but just speaking for myself, I, you know, I'm going to flip that question. There was a time when we went out and you threw at me, uh, what are your triggers? And I just thought, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you explained that to me as, you know, what is it that you think um, makes you want to pull it, you know, hit the shutter or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and for me, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and like, for me, it's nothing at the top level of my brain like many things that i do uh be it photography or parenting or building a magazine or or prepping for this podcast like i find for myself when there's intentionality and structure that things go awry really quickly uh, unfortunately or fortunately i'm just a, a totally fucking neurotic uh crazy person um and so for me when i shoot there's obviously something because uh, I don't sit there taking two. I mean, I may take two thousand frames uh, every time we walk, but uh, it's not so much that I'm have it on a, a rolling shutter. Uh, there's something that's happening, but I think for you, there's more structure and more artistic sort of thing. So maybe I'll just throw that at you right now. Like, what what do you think? If you had to describe a few of your triggers, uh, what's something that stands out for you when you're walking down the street um, that makes you feel like there might be a moment there that you want to capture? Like maybe I'll maybe I'll see a scene that maybe might make something interesting, but I really like crowds. Um, any any swarm of people, I'll like just have a go at it. If I'm lucky, like each person will be separated in their own space in the frame, and they're they're playing their role, sort of thing. Um, to complete the frame, no overlaps. It's just a nice clean frame, but there's also chaos in it, um, organized chaos, if you will. The stuff that like really, like that I can't help but I don't know for some reason I'm because I'm a dad. Then taking pictures of my kids, like I find myself taking pictures of other kids, uh, not like just the kids themselves, but when they're doing something, because um, you know kids, kids are open and they're shameless and they can they're being they're being very honest. They don't have to act a certain way unless their parents tell them to, right? And they're, they're not. <laughs> they're aware. just being themselves, right? Yeah. That, that's that's interesting to me, and that's definitely one of my triggers. Um, I've sometimes I've gotten lucky. Um, another trigger is uh, I hate to say it, but like pretty women. Like, <laughs> what else can I say? Like pretty pretty women. Like, um, if a woman's pretty. Um, I can't help but. And sometimes, uh, sometimes it's not even how they look, but certain presence that they put off and the pictures that i take i'm not like trying to objectify them and though by like photography in nature is like objectifying or like exploiting whatever subject you're pointing at the pictures that i select the edit i, I try to empower them you know their picture has to be empowering otherwise like it's just like i don't want to 
be that guy. Yeah, as a brief aside, I, I find myself, especially after, you know, I used to think that I was this gender-wise person. And then when we had our son, um, at first I was completely convinced that it was going to be a girl. And then uh, learning, watching my wife go through pregnancy, uh, childbirth, our first uh, tumultuous year of child rearing. Um, yeah, that question's a fascinating one. Maybe left for a better, different forum, you know, with maybe a few women here to kick our ass when we go <laughs> offline. But the, photography is a fascinating thing. We, we've just been talking about that controversial sort of thing about uh, a particular photographer getting into some public trouble about essentially, allegedly harassing a family. Um, and not putting away a camera when asked to, et cetera. Um, so I don't really want to get into that in too much detail, but just to bring that up, I mean, like you said, the idea of photography objectifying, capturing, we live in a very sensitive, more and more sensitive society where people keep thinking that you're taking something. I mean, there's an irony of, what was it like in the old uh, African colonies or whatever, they would go and if they try to take their picture, they would think that you were stealing their soul. And mm. so they took it in a very, very serious and aggressive manner. Uh, we're, I don't want to say devolving, but we're going back to that a little bit where I'm not exactly sure when I get into a conversation with somebody who gets upset at me for having a camera, what exactly they think is going to happen. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't know. Um, like everyone is, not everyone, but people are just more paranoid. Um, and certainly understand why but whenever i have to deal with someone who's mad at me of course i'll i'll respect their wishes like if they if they want me to delete the picture uh, for sure no problem it, i guess it is the law that we're free to take public pictures you know and it's kind of it's up to the photographer to to decide what the outcome is going to be in the sense that um, you can be an asshole about it, or and like raise their suspicion even more so with other people. Like you're gonna fuck it up for everyone else, <laughs> basically. No. Or like you know you can explain what you're doing. Um, try to try to de-escalate the situation, and like just have them know that like you're allowed. You're still allowed, but like, for sure, like just as a decent person, like you'll respect. The subject because you know in photography if you're the one with the camera you have the upper hand people don't get to choose whether they want to be photographed or not in public you have that choice to like control the situation whatever follows really yeah it may fall back to with this idea of triggers and you know uh, what i'm learning from myself in particular is the only thing that i can control is how i approach my craft my life and my own intent uh, you know my wife, uh, shameless plug, I've been, I talk about her a lot. Uh, we're about to celebrate our 18th year together uh, this weekend. Um, yes, congrats. So, you know, she's Helen Yeah, and she's the yeah, spark joy with Helen, and she does the KonMari process, et cetera. But one of the things that we learned going through that process before she became a consultant was this idea that we needed to search for ideal life and this concept of joy. And what I'm finding recently um, through all the work that I'm doing, meeting these artists, taking photos, doing all this stuff is that um, my intent is both presumptuously, uh, you know, conscientious, joyful, in search of beauty, compassion, etc. And so I find often when I'm shooting, I'm smiling. 
and I have lots of fun, candid uh, photos of people walking by me with kind of like a WTF look on their face. Uh, I, I was just talking to you recently, Alvin, about how I'm learning that I am not nearly as slick or as uh, covert as I'd like to believe. And uh, the reality is everybody fucking knows what I'm doing, uh, beaming like a complete moron on Stephen Avenue or something with my camera out. But um, uh, but that's maybe that's the thing when we go back to the idea of triggers. You know, for me, selfishly, it's about taking part of a process that makes me feel happy. And I also, like you, am searching for moments where people either seem strong in control or there are moments when, even if they're not, that there's some kind of structure to it, some kind of story or narrative that comes out of the image itself. Um, and again, it's so intuitive, I have absolutely no idea what I mean by that. But um, I've been told recently, I think by Curtis, that if I have a picture out, that he knows exactly that it's mine. I feel the same way about yours, or like JC Yeeps, or like all these people that were, you know, these people that just have something. Whatever their approach is, whatever their intent is, there's something in an aesthetic quality or structure that um, shouts their personality. It's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Alvin? Do you want to talk about Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man. It's all over your Instagram feed. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I fucking love Dragon Ball. Wow, yeah, Dragon Ball. And Pokemon. Oh, that shit when I was like five years old. Been hooked ever since. I'm 27 now. Mm. So 21 years of being, being a Dragon Ball fan. Just love that shit, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to think because I actually just turned 40. So fuck you, you youngin. Um, and Dragon Ball, I think is the original one's 80, 88? I don't remember when the manga first came out. I don't out. know, 84, I, I want to say. I used to be into manga, maybe. I don't like admitting it anymore. I heard there's a new, like, what, what stage are they at? Like, Super Saiyan 8? Is their hair, like, no. coming out of their knees at this point? Or? No, uh, well, Dragon Ball GT is not considered canon anymore meaning oh. it's not part of the main timeline is it a different story. artist or it's like think of it as like an alternate universe oh yeah it was created by toy oh. um not akira toy okay. except he had some involvement Input. in the design but like they the, story, to... the story is like completely different from oh from what we have now uh which is dragon ball super which is which takes place uh within the 10 years of the end of Z after the Boo arc. Oh my god, I can't believe you're <laughs> such a nerd. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, you're talking about the forms now, and uh, we left at we left at Super Saiyan three, yeah, originally, and uh, now they have Super Saiyan God, which is the red hair. Wait, like is Goku still alive? Yeah, he's, he's a god. God. He's like, like, does he still win all the fights? He ha he has not won a fight. Oh, and like. The entirety of oh, it's all of like Gohan and uh, like he he'll he'll like have help really again. So, I don't I don't know anything about Dragon Ball. He hasn't just, won a fight. I'm guessing their <laughs> names. He's strong. He's like super strong now, but he hasn't won a fight for some reason. All right. Well, which, what's your favorite character? Is it Piccolo? Why is no, it Piccolo? No, Piccolo, Goku. It's Goku. No, no. It's, it's actually it's, it's actually be Gohan. It, Gohan. And if I'm being more specific, Super Saiyan Two Gohan from the Cell games, um, because you know. <laughs> If you saw the Japanese version, uh -huh. they had like that sick. Oh boy! <laughs> just do it, man. Just just let it like out. The moment where like Gohan turns Super Saiyan two mm -hmm. after Android 16's head gets crushed by Cell, then like 
breaks. He like lets go of his limits. And that bird's tweeting, flying, and then that um I don't know the song, but it's that Japanese song that oh, comes Please up. sing me the song. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want to. Yeah, I knew <laughs> I you knew it. Well, first of all, I don't know Japanese. I'm not that much of a weeaboo. Maybe. And uh <laughs> I don't believe that either. I have a feeling that uh You've watched enough, probably in its original Japanese uh, audio content. Yeah, like, uh, surprisingly, you know what? I I love the fillers in the show more than the main. What? Yeah, the fillers are are hilarious. Like, when Goku and Piccolo go get their driving license. That's, like, the best episode to me. That is the most amazing episode ever. I just think in principle, in principle, I feel like breaking up with you. Because I feel like when they go off canon from manga and they do the filler typically again i don't watch any anime but typically it's shit it's shit art it's shit story it's you know especially with dragon ball there's uh 17 repetitions of the same fight animations they can fill three more episodes yeah not that i've ever watched the show myself but um but now you're you're treading to dangerous territory alvin i yeah we should we should probably stop talking about it before we go off on too much no I, I don't mind this either I, you know I, I think one of the principal things and we'll we'll talk to kyle at the end editing uh well uh, yeah i'm gonna keep calling you a nerd i mean you're a nerd i i think that um what's fascinating to me is uh even though i didn't expect you to actually be this big of a nerd of course you are i mean this is how you talk about photography this is how you talk about <laughs> cameras this is talk, how you talk about the philosophy behind art and of course you know specific episode cycles and fight sequences and all this stuff about dragon ball z i'm afraid i probably need to ask you about pokemon now because you are hunting for pokemon for your kids allegedly i think it's just for yourself yeah no it's for my kids yeah i'm not really that into pokemon i was when it was a fad well it's not even a fad you know it's still it's still going strong i i'm pretty sure we were just in toronto and i'm i'm reasonably we drove down is john street in thornhill and there was an amassment of like, I think it was like 10 random human beings staring at their phones in the middle of a park. And I, it, the only thing that made sense to me was that they were having a poke party because they didn't look like they were friends. They were all from different, uh, you know, generational, uh, you know, pools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were just hanging out, staring at their phones. That had to be a poke party. I don't know what other game brings that many nerds together uh, okay. in real life. Yeah. yeah. That game was great um, back when it was blowing super up, super popular. Dude, when that thing came out, like I loved Calgary it. went insane. I loved it because it got everyone outside, and photographically speaking, even though no even though people are on their phones, yeah, you know, there's like more more subject matter to deal with. Once I see people, I'm like, yeah, let's let's go, let's take some pictures and try and make something interesting. I totally just went off on a photography tangent. No, it's cool. I I uh, I'm bringing it up for my own amusement, so I think that's valuable to me. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I want to avoid the concept that you got into my magazine because of favoritism. I mean, it's a really well written article, and it nice. also connects to the idea behind the magazine, which is simply that we want that we want that personal uh, connection. We want to express even with this podcast and with my curation of the art shows at Phil and Sebastian's and any future art projects that we can get our hands on is to personalize the art experience in Calgary so that Calgary can understand that we have incredible people here, both talented, uh, passionate, energetic, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have said both, but um, 
you know, the only way that I think that we can do that is to get away from this idea of art rhetoric being about what everybody else is doing wrong or why I'm right or, you know, what photography ought to be, et cetera, et cetera. But rather, I think your article strikes me as what photography ought to be for me and why it informs the way that I shoot. And then uh, we work together in the editing process to ensure, or try to ensure anyways, that we don't have an article that's telling people that if you don't do it this way, you're doing it wrong. Like, I, I don't want that either. I want it to be a people's personal truths and to hear that your experience with Facebook um, notes or, you know, whatever it is in the past, that sense of uh, maybe vulnerability, that sense of personal accountability maybe is important to me. And it's probably, again, another reason why we get along so well is we don't have to devolve into conversations about just stupid shit. Uh, we actually just enjoy yeah. hanging out or not even talking sometimes, just clicking our shutters. Um, I thought about this. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'd like to try something. Um, I'd like to ask you essentially six weird word association things. The only direction I'd like to give you maybe, I, this might not work, but uh, the only direction I'd like to give you is like to think about it in terms of yourself, your craft, and Calgary. Um, we haven't spoke enough, I think, and I'll have to maybe change my approach to focus a lot more on the city. but. I think I'm going to ask you the five W's and one H as single words. All right. And when I throw one at you, I'd like you to just give me maybe an intuitive reaction with those concepts in mind. So photography, your approach to art, and, and this city. What do you think? Do you think this will work? Well, it may not work. Oh, I mean, you want to try it? Yeah, may as well. I mean. Okay. Let's go random. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use my pen. <laughs> it's an audio podcast, but I did a, a visual cue. That's important. I saw it, everyone. Yeah. I actually did it, which is important. Yeah. And it's like the smallest part of the page, so clearly I'm kind of peaking. But um, when? I'll uh, speak in terms of like how I work, process, I guess. But when? On the way to work, at work, coming home from work, and at home. So that's, yeah, <laughs> no, that's perfect. Also, you know, you're a huge nerd. That's a lot of photography. And I know that about you in the sense of uh, when you shout out to me. When you're going out at lunch, I'm like, holy shit, we just went out <laughs> yesterday. Okay, uh, who? Um, anyone. Yeah, anyone. Um, anyone in public, family, more so. Myself. It's all self-portrait, I suppose. Mm, what do you mean <laughs> If you want to look deep. Well, you know, um, I'm take when I'm taking pictures, um, not saying like it's a reflection of me, but it's a reflection of my interest. Uh, let's move on to where? Mainly downtown Calgary, uh, along the train line, 7th Ave. Stephen Avenue, but I tried to... I have not gotten a really good picture out of that area, so I'd like to explore more. Yeah, do you think that that's just from you being out there every day, or do you Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Not like a, because of recent, recent events, but I will say that my, my favorite pictures are at home. Hmm. Yeah, I see that a lot on your Instagram, too. I mean, what is that? Do you think that's because of the emotional content your connection with your family? I, don't know. I think it's the way I think of it like this. Like I, the way I shoot my family. Uh, <laughs> the, the way I shoot my family. Uh, think of it like I take it the, the way I shoot my street photos. And I guess you could even like flip that. Like I shoot my street photos the way I shoot my family. 
I feel that from your Instagram stories, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's maybe intimate, you could handed. Uh, intimate can be subjective, though. Um, whether you're trying to reveal something about said subject or getting an intimate moment, yeah, it can be very subjective, I suppose. At this point, like, how do you use your family even react when you have a camera? Open? Oh, it's it's normal. It's yeah, like imagine. it's like I I haven't gotten to the point where like my kids are like, Dad, put that away. <laughs> they will but yeah like um, nobody seems to mind or like give me any looks i don't know if they expect it but it's like it's just part of who nothing. you are yeah it's just part of who you yeah. are now you know it's interesting i'm the opposite like i my wife is a much better portrait uh, photographer with her iphone with our son and because we're always on our phones the candidness of that in the sense that you know you can just quickly snap a picture of him doing the most ridiculous thing and he doesn't even realize i mean he knows and he likes to look at himself because he's conceited yeah. uh he's curious he, about yeah himself. he's he's egotistical that four-year-old Ugh, it's all about me 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 um <laughs> uh so but as soon as i pull out my camera he wants to take the pictures um he wants to yeah yeah he, and because i let him so he he loves taking we actually had an old um you know those old like now it's the olympus is a tough one but back in the day when my wife and i went on our honeymoon we bought a sony one that's like you know drop proof splash proof all that kind of shit so we had one of those on the shelf it was collecting dust so i gave it to him when he was two uh, and that was his camera and it's amazing watching kids take pictures because oh yeah uh, yeah I, I actually have a friend um shout out to rob timko from uh denver he uh his kid has an instagram page called tiny i think it's, it's tiny timko but i'm not sure if there's like a Dot, dot between tiny yeah you like have tiny me following that Timco. too yeah like he just gives his kid a camera and he goes wild on it he uh yeah there's like a there's like some film stuff in there holy shit um i think he's using like a little conica point and shoot um mostly it's like some olympus stuff like point and shoot camera and maybe even like rob's leica <laughs> oh well the- yeah like my son broke the indestructible camera, so he doesn't have a camera now. Um, I don't. I don't know. That's apparently things kids do. But you know, it kind of speaks to what you said earlier about taking pictures of kids that they are self-aware but not afraid of how other people view them. That mm-hmm. they, I mean, number one, visually they have that low perspective, which is so cool. Um, but also, they don't give a shit what they shove that camera into. Like they'll yeah. shove it in your face. But they're lucky space. though, because like the other people thinking. Other people are thinking, "Oh, it's just a kid. That's cute." <laughs> oh yeah, like I as far as how like, they interact like that, like yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, some Asian guy, yeah, like, smiling at three them. feet in front of me. That's cute. <laughs> well, you know, now I'm shooting. I mean, I don't know if people listening to this are actually photographers or not, but now I'm switching over to a very wide angle lens, uh, full frame equivalent of 18 millimeters. So uh, I have to actually um, get very close. Be a four year old, yeah, like walk. If I want them to fill the frame, I gotta like shove the camera right yeah. in their face. But um, <clears throat> no, but it's, uh, it's interesting. I miss his pictures uh, because yeah, because there is that that sense. I mean, even speaking of that previous sense you had about how it reflects on the person, and so uh, it reflects yeah. on you. And kids I'm, have I'm a, sure, like everyone who photographs, it's like a reflection of their curiosity, and like that's not just me. Like it's everyone. Because otherwise, why would you be taking the picture in the first place? It becomes contrived at that point, you know. Mm. Like, yeah, like I want to make I want to make a beautiful picture, 
And like, how do you do that without curiosity first? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, and this, yeah, I throw shade at everything, but when I first started taking pictures, I joined a meetup group and I got so upset. I, I'm, my wife and I describe ourselves as uh, unemployable. We're uh, too individualistic uh, to actually fit into, like, I mean, I struggled in a corporate environment for a long time before I got my ass canned, but uh, I went out to a meetup group for photography and uh, I had the worst experience because everybody showed up. They all gravitated to some one guy that had the most expensive tripod and the biggest lens. And whatever he set up, they would all go and set up beside him to take the exact same fucking picture. And I, and I, at first, it I became a finger pointing thing for me where I was like, oh, this is why I don't go to meetup groups, et cetera. But now listening to you, I realize maybe there's a reflection there of, I don't want to, I mean, it's, again, throwing shade, but lack of curiosity or this idea that conformism is the way to success that if I just copy this one guy that I think is going to be, then I can also mimic, like, I at least can't do that. I, uh, I don't know how to do that. I'm, yeah, maybe I'm too egotistical. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, um, I think there's something to that where even Instagram feeds, there's a lot of people that either get referred to me or that I come across and I just, I hate, I hate them. I can't, I can't follow them. I can't follow the pictures. I can't like the pictures. Um, and it's not about, you know, how many millions of followers, like, it's just something about the way they shoot and the content. But now you're giving me sort of a context there where, yeah, it's about whether I'm connecting with their sense of creativity, their curiosity, their approach. Um, uh, and it seems so simple now that we're saying it out loud. Yeah, well, I think when you're first starting out with any medium in general, you want to imitate something or someone. Uh, for sure. Like, I've gone through it. I still find myself imitating or trying to imitate like my best Winogrand, Meyerowitz, Bruce Gilden with failure. Um, especially like the Alex Webb type stuff with the anyone who's familiar with Alex Webb, you'll know. But he just takes some like really complex frames. I hate using the word layers, but yeah, like it's it's a very his frames are very layered. Um every element in the frame has its own place and there's like the energy in that frame just works and i try to do that and a lot of it's failure but i'm imitating would you say imitating or emulating like is there um, is there a semantic uh, well you know what in the beginning it was for sure like i don't know actually now that imitating can get depends how specific you want to get because i could imitate going to like istanbul right and like making that specific yeah maybe emulating but yeah I'm at its core i feel like i'm trying to imitate but at the same time, like once you do it, you like learn from it, and then you like try to try to flip it into yours, and like that kind of goes back into the b-boying thing where you see someone's move, you want to do it, but you don't want to bite them, so you flip it, to make it into yours. Isn't that also how a good battle works too? I mean, you throw a series, and the next guy's got to build on it; they can't repeat it. People throw shit at you for just copying. I don't know. Uh, like, I find the best battles that I've seen they're more about exchanges. Because mm. um, like a lot of a lot of the hardcore b boys, they treat b boying as a language. Sure. Like body, body language. Uh, yeah, I find the best battles are like when you're exchanging ideas with each other. Um, you know, like how your foot can go in a certain place or how you're doing a certain 
move with like your own personality brought into it yeah and then like they they kind of just like feed off each other you know and not not more so like competition but a conversation with the body sort of thing yeah that's hmm. that's kind of a weird tension no <laughs> whatever fuck Wait, let's go back to my questions i mean uh, yeah yeah totally like we'll just have you back elvin we'll 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 talk more about all of these things but okay all right let's try um well let's try how following my own gut really um like Winogrand said, framing what you want to include and when to snap the shutter. Hmm. Yeah, but mostly through the gut. You know? Don't think about it. Like shoot first. Like think about it later. Ask questions later. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go to what people, places, things, <laughs> nouns, essentially. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, going back to people, places, and things, just quickly to involve. Uh, Calgary, and you know specifically, I think um, maybe I'll ask you: Is there anything that you find connected, being someone who's grown up here, etc., that that what has any personal value, or is it just happens to be where you are now and should? Yeah, where where I am now, um, I try to like I I have no connection with my pictures. I think about them like like what works and what doesn't, how I can learn from it, how how I can learn about photography through them and yeah I, I try not to get intimate with my pictures what i photograph maybe but the picture itself i have like no other intention other than to than to learn from it really yeah hmm. okay is that too deep no 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 <laughs> i'm just uh just thinking about it okay I, I i guess you know i paused and i made a face that people can't see yeah I'm kind of like a frowning face because I was thinking about it. I'm going to describe it. So I looked to my left and I made a frowning face and I kind of zoned out with my uh, eye focusing. That's what Alvin saw when he asked. No, I, I, uh, I think I understand your approach. You know, one of the things that I noticed about you um, as far as notoriety is concerned, I mean, there's a lot of fine art people that are aware of you you got into the uh, emerging photographer showcase you had um you were at resolve photo for theirs uh, costas elise all these people uh, love you um and your work and, and i do too i mean i i love uh, i love your photography but i think it's a fascinating thing because i actually feel that in your pictures even the arrangement for example the set that you put on at resolve um you know these sort of two uh, 3d but two-dimensional objects mm -hmm. Uh, juxtaposed with whatever it was but they were everything from um, a trailer in the mountain my favorite picture uh, which actually looks in my mind like a medium format viewfinder of the mountains but it's actually as you explained to me That's something else looking at it yeah we maybe we won't talk about what it actually is i don't know if, if it's important to you already you already said it though it's a trailer it, yeah it's a trailer <laughs> oh just fucking cool um or like you know a, a backyard or, or even the one you submitted for the uh, magazine you know like a I don't know if it was a vandalizer, just like kind of a breaking down uh, real estate uh, sign or whatever it was uh, with like a half woman's face covered in. Anyways. Uh, that, that, that like with the forest in the yeah, back, yeah. that's a Lay's chip bag. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. It's like, it's so neat because <laughs> even when we were just on a photo walk with, uh, how do you say his name? Oren? Oren. Oren. Um, you don't just get caught up that we're doing street photography. So I have to get the architectural street. lines of the street and there has to be a person, you know, with in mid frame or two thirds frame. Like I see you like 
switching cameras and then getting buried in a bush, you know, looking at foliage or, uh, yeah, you know, random objects in soil, um, because of that detachment, which I, which I like, it's an approach to the craft itself rather than getting caught up maybe in the subject matter. Yeah. Well, for street photography, like, um, a lot of people have different definitions of it, but I think like nowadays, like the work that I've seen and with the mentality that of the people that I've shot with, um, it's more of like state of mind where you're open to, to anything really. You're just really trying to make an interesting picture. But like, no, it's not even street photography. It's just photography. At least in your mind. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird subject and and there's a lot of debate around it. I try not to get into that sort of debate anymore. Well, it's just it's true. just too much trouble. So that's why I just call it photography, because then yeah, you're just true. taking pictures in the end. You know? Yeah, one of the things that I've learned uh, getting into this world is not only are there so many different genres of photography, but the approaches to each is so fundamentally different. You know, you look at the basic thing between uh, an art, fine art, or otherwise, and a commercial photographer, portrait, landscape, uh, flash photography, street, baby photography, props, you know, Newborn. You look at all of that stuff and you think, well, it's just a shutter and you just click. It's not. I mean, the uh, uh, the approach and the setup and the intent informs the way that you even look at the tool of a camera. Um, so while fundamental things like the exposure triangle are always the same with the way a camera operates, um, you know, like Alvin was showing off his uh, fancy new Rolls-Royce camera. He bought a, a Leica digital. Um, I talked him out of it in like December but he went after it recently. Uh, and so for the first time, he let me touch it, and that has sexual connotations, of course. And, um, <laughs> you know, he's got this beautiful, it's a, it's a rangefinder camera, it's got this manual everything lens and uh, some parallax stuff and like all this technical shit. But all, ultimately, you know, this is a camera that would be, I think, um, difficult to use in a family portraiture shoot, for example, where a kid might be jumping in and out of a frame where your focal length uh, has to keep changing, where your uh, focusing has to keep changing, all that dynamic shit changes. Um, I am sure that there are technically enough, uh, technically adept enough people that maybe they can get away with it. But, you know, there are, are so many different things that this craft um, brings out of people. And it's why I think people get attracted to using their cameras in different ways um all right let's do uh the last one which is why and then we'll close up but just as a quick uh, final thing mm, because i'm curious uh, i'm curious about the world what uh what's in front of me I'm curious about Ed's wife uh i'm curious about the people that i run into but more so um i'm curious about what the photo is going to look like and whether i can get something more interesting next time curiosity yeah i like it um okay so we're gonna wrap up i guess you know number one i'm thinking we'll have to bring alvin back to talk about film versus digital uh, pro or con oh uh, god he's no, no well you're, I'm you're, not you're migrating person. well i'm just saying you're migrating now to digital each back, so kind each of medium is perfectly valid form they each have their pros and cons yeah it's just a matter of like what works for you, really? I have no, I have no opinion on that debate. Uh, you can, br you can bring someone else. We'll see. I have we'll no opinion. See. We'll see when I bring you back and start that debate. Um, 
Any, what are your next projects? What's going on? I know we're talking about building a type of photography school and a workshop, but since we don't have anything to pitch, we won't yeah. pitch that. A um, couple zines, too many, to be honest. There's a project that I'm working on about Calgary Stampede. Um, working title is Western Civilization, but that's, that's up to change, really. I'm still, I'm still not sure what I'm doing with it. Uh, all I know is that I'm, I'm done done shooting it right now it's just a matter of like if i can make up like narrative or maybe a personal diary about stampede and then a few other ones that i'm working on are is called yy cypher so yyc y-p-h-e-r just a collection of breaking photos from uh the b-boy jams in the last few years another one is called kiddo which is the one about kids how they interact with their parents, um, what makes them so interesting to look at, and their curiosity about the world, I guess. The final product might be different from what I'm trying to pitch. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, because I don't know how long, when this will ever see the light of day. If there's anything that comes up from a show or something where you can meet Alvin, I will try to post that uh, with said content. Thank you, Alvin, for being my inaugural guest. Um, Alvin on Instagram is alvin.perringit, which is. I'll let you spell it. Yeah. Well, how do we get in touch with you on Instagram? Just go to my website, alvinp.ca. And then as soon as you open up the page, just click on the picture on the main page. And it'll take you to my Instagram where you can follow. Sweet. Um, Kyle, thank you so much. Yes, I'm sorry you, I took so much of your time. <laughs> You're awesome. Uh, and I can't wait to find out how much work I just created for the both of us. And um, if this ever airs, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your, all your support uh, for the magazine, my art endeavors and otherwise. And hopefully I'll be speaking with you again with some other cool human being. Um, thanks for tuning in. This has been Perspectives YYC Presents. I think that's what we're calling it. Working title. Working title. Uh, I'm David Yen, and yeah, we'll chat soon. Thanks. Something